You know, sometimes when, when things go wrong in our lives or some tragedy might strike, we feel a bit like that ourselves. that the pieces of our life are, you know, scattered around and we're trying to make sense of what's going on. We're trying to get things together like our world is falling apart sometimes or I'm falling apart sometimes. You might feel like that. It's where the phrase, I've got to get myself together comes from. You've heard that phrase many times, I'm sure. You know, but just the, the reality is that just like that jigsaw puzzle can't put itself together, you and I really can't put ourselves together either. We need God to intervene. We need God to come in the middle of our life, in our situation, and help us in that. And I want to read to you a scripture this morning that, that God has really been impressing on me this week uh, that I want to just share today. And it's from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it says this, May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, Make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our Master, Jesus Christ. As I was reading this early in the week, I just felt that the Holy Spirit really impressing on me that, that God is the one that works in our life. He's the one that puts us together. He's the one that makes us holy and whole. And I started to think about that. You know, what does that really mean for us? And what I want to do today is look at this statement and look at each part of it separately um, and what we can get out from this today. Because, friend, it's God who makes everything holy and whole. Now, uh, in a moment, we'll talk about what that really means, what holy and whole means. But every one of us here in this room, you know today that there's a lot of things wrong with the world. Would, would you agree? There's a lot of stuff going down out there. There's a lot of stuff that really is not healthy, that's not that good, that's messed up. The world is actually, it's actually an amazing place, but it's also pretty messed up. And I know all of us here in this room, we've experienced that at some level or another. But think for a moment about like the funeral of the Queen that we all, most of you saw on TV. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. How many people saw that? But, you know, estimates have varied between somewhere between 10% and 60%. Some brave people have said even more than 60% of the world's population saw that on TV. And I, I watched you know, a fair bit of it, and it was just amazing that the, the impact and the, the message of the gospel that went out, to, I would say at least half the world's population heard a very clear statement of the love of God for them and how God transforms a person's life. I encourage you to, to go, go to YouTube or somewhere and, and just watch it again or read the text of that. It's floating around everywhere on the internet. Because when you, when you read that again and you get the impact of what that guy, Justin Welby, was saying to the world was very impacting, actually. I, I found myself at the time a bit sort of taken up with the spectacle of what was happening on, you know, at the moment. But when I read it again and listened to it again, it's actually a really powerful message. You know, everywhere the message of Jesus, the message of the gospel goes, it changes things for the better. People's lives are impacted. Just think for a moment about, uh, you know, reading the gospels. I, I was thinking about Mark's gospel during the week. And, you know, in Mark chapter 6, it, sh it talks about how, there were the, you know, Jesus and his disciples were out in the, in the desert somewhere and he was just sharing with them and talking to them and people there was a crowd of people came at the end of the day they had no food and so he said to the disciples well you know how how, how can we feed these people he exactly he knew exactly what he was going to do and 
And they said, oh, it's impossible. How can we ever do this? He ended up feeding them by taking a few little loaves of bread and a couple of fish that they had and breaking them apart and, and distributing to the disciples. And they gave it to, out to people. And they gathered up 12 basketfuls of leftover food after that. It was an amazing miracle. Everywhere Jesus goes, things happen. A bit later on in the same chapter, it says that everywhere Jesus went, people brought their sick people to him and, and laid them on stretches, you know, in the, in the marketplaces, just so that if maybe they could just touch the, the edge of his garment as he walked past. And it says, everyone that touched him was completely made well again. This is phenomenal, folks. Everywhere Jesus goes and the message of Jesus goes, things happen. It's, it's wonderful. And so, you know, Jesus also said to his followers, look, I'm going back to my Father, but I'm commissioning you to keep doing the same things. That's our challenge. He said, that, that's our mission, that we will continue the works that he did. In fact, he said, even greater works that I've done will you do. That's what our mission is right here and right now. So God is at work making things holy and whole. And you might say, well, look at the world. It's a bit of a mess. Yeah, I'll tell you what, God is at work in the world. And that's our mission wherever we go to bring the life and the love of God into the world so that it becomes holy and whole. That's what God is doing in the world. So what does holy and whole mean? God who makes everything holy and whole. What does that actually mean? What do you think of when you hear the word holy? You know? Maybe, maybe you've got a, a religious image in your mind of some old, old guy wearing robes, you know, you know, and... Um, you know, chanting in a language that no one understands or something. Oh, I don't know what images we have in our, in our minds, but I want to tell you, it's nothing to do with religion. Holiness is not to do with religion. The word holy in the Bible is very simple. It simply means set apart for a special purpose, a special use. And um, I can give some examples of this, but there's a, a great example in the New Testament itself, one of the best illustrations of the word holy, what it means, and it's in Second Timothy. We're going to read it now. And it says, In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, like they're holy. You know? And the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you'll be a special utensil for honorable use your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master to use for every good work now as we were praying this morning out there and dave was just dave silo was just praying about that uh what he, what he felt that was an inspired message from god i really believe from the holy spirit about you know the, the washing of god coming upon us you know when we come into his presence and i i just i was just thinking of this this scripture you know because sometimes sometimes you might feel like yesterday's dishes sitting on the bench which you didn't wash up afterwards has that ever happened to your place <laughs> i want to tell you it almost never happens at our place but if it was up to me it would <laughs> that's why it's not up to me <laughs> But sometimes you can feel like that, like yesterday's dirty dishes there. But in actual fact, what God wants and what His Word is for us to become holy, He makes us holy like a silver and gold vessel made for a special 
purpose. And he wants to be here today washing you, making you for a special purpose. That's what the word holy really means, to be made holy and whole. Now, whole, whole just means all the pieces put together. We'll talk about that a bit more in a few moments. But God says, I've come to make you holy and whole. And that's what he wants to do for us today. So why do I need to be made holy and whole? Well, you might be thinking of some reasons right now in your own, in your own heart. But, and I, just, I do believe this message is speaking to some people's lives today, that God is just doing something in your heart. But, you know, whenever someone comes to Jesus, um, they are spiritually reborn. There is an immediate something happens that the, the innermost part of their life comes alive like a little light bulb turns on on the inside. There's a, a spiritual birth happens and that person's innermost part comes alive before God. But, the, but the, the part around the outside of that, which the Bible calls the soul, like our emotions and our mind and our, our will, those parts are not immediately renewed. They, they need to be progressively renewed and transformed as God is at work in our life. That's why our emotional life is so important. As you, as you know, our emotions affect everything that we do in life. And um, you might be thinking, oh, I, I, I don't, my emotions don't affect me. You know? They do. Friends, they do. Your emotions affect your decisions. They affect your actions. They affect everything you do. Even if you're the least emotional person in this room, your emotions still affect you. That's why God wants to affect and, and transform our emotions. The Holy Spirit goes to work to bring restoration and healing in our life. And uh, look, w why this matters, friend, is because there's someone who, whose mission in life, who gets up every day in the morning, I'm talking about the devil here, his mission is to make you feel that you are, not only are you unholy and you'll never be holy, but you are unwhole and you'll never be made whole. His job is to make you feel that way. And I want to tell you that God is coming to bring wholeness and holiness into our hearts today. I want to just share with you a little bit of this process this morning because um, some of what I want to share right now is from the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course that we uh, just did a, a month or so ago and we'll do again early next year. But it's such a profound uh, um, imp input into uh, this emotional area of our lives. And, and uh, the things that God wants to do is just a, a few of the things He wants to do in your life. Number one is to bring an understanding that you are loved by God. And I've, I've been saying this, I know, for a long time, friends, but um, for me to really grasp and get a hold of the fact that God loves me independently of any good thing that I might do. You know, I might be, I might be you know, giving money to the church, for example, or I might be... Um, you know, I might be in a service club where we go and raise funds for uh, the hospital or, or I might be helping old ladies across the street or I might be doing some, some other good thing, might be volunteering in some uh, important area of service in the community. As great as those things are, wonderful things. God doesn't love you because you do that. He loves you because He is good, not because you are good. And when we get a hold of that, uh, friend, that's the starting point for becoming the person God wants you to become, the person He designed you to be, just realizing how much He loves you. And you start to soak in His love. 
like living and swimming in the river of God's love for you. When you come to that point and you recognize, I'm not here because of all my any goodness in me, but because God loves me. That's an amazing thing. The first step to accepting who you really are and becoming your authentic self. It's so important. So important. Then you can begin to understand and accept your emotions and how they affect your behavior as well. Another thing that he wants to do, the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives is to break the chains of the past that affect every one of us in various ways to a, to a greater or lesser degree. Every one of us. You know, um, every one of us has got a history in this room. You know, things that happened in the past, maybe in childhood, maybe last week. You know, things that have happened to us that affect our thinking, affect our behavior. You know, and some of those, sometimes those things, there are stuff that happens to us, even in the present, that reminds us and, and triggers back to past experiences that we've had. And that we have to, we seem, it seems like we need to go back and relive the pain of those things all over again. And the Holy Spirit is just wanting to come and heal and restore and take the, take the pain of those things away. He, only He can really do that. So that you're no longer drawn back to those things and have to go through it again. Lots of linkages sometimes to the past that we have. Another thing that He wants to do in our life is just learning to resolve conflict in a godly way. We, we all have areas of conflict in, in our life that we face. And um, you know, the natural human response is to either, either react badly and, and deal with it badly or sweep these things under the carpet and imagine that we uh, have some kind of peace, but it's, it's actually a false peace because we just don't want to deal with those things. Well, these are all parts of our emotional life that, that the Holy Spirit wants to come and restore and make, bring wholeness into our life today. I want to just share an example with you what, what can happen. Um, and I've had some personal experience in this area, but um, very often when, when people have experienced deep trauma in their early life as a, as a child, what happens is they try and uh, suppress the memory of those things and uh, try and escape into another world. And uh, when that happens repeatedly over a period of time, maybe even years, uh, people take on other... They, 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 the only way they can handle it is to take on another persona. Psychologists call this dissociative identity disorder. It used to be called other names, but you, know, you might have heard of it, multiple personalities or something, but it's a very, very real thing. And I've, I've had involvement with a number of people that in this situation where because of the pain, some kind of abuse as a child usually maybe a trusted person in, in their life, and, uh, and they have... People retreat into another personality. So what happens is uh, these things start to come out. And they, they get a blurred sense of identity as an adult. All kinds of mental health problems come out of this. Um, depression, anxiety, suicidal behavior, and so on. But also a sense of being detached from, from yourself and, and also from other people and from, from your emotions and uh, a perception of other people around you and, and things as distorted and unreal. It's a very real thing. And only God, I believe, can go in and the Holy Spirit can bring healing in those situations. Very often people who are experiencing voices and memories of past experiences 
uh, are having these things happen. I'm saying this to you this morning, friends, just to, just to explain that God wants to bring wholeness in our hearts, wholeness in our lives. And he said, here's the, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. And that's my last point. God make you holy and whole. And I want to say, friends, this morning that he is able, God is able and willing to restore and make you holy and whole today. No matter where you've been, no matter how bad the story of your life has been, he wants to restore that today. And as I was thinking about this, you know, God is not waiting for you and I to become holy and whole on our own because we can't. What, what happens is he, he has come to supply and provide and meet the need that we have in this area. Here's a wonderful scripture from 1 Timothy chapter 1 that says, Here's a word you can take to heart and depend on. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And Paul, who wrote this, the Apostle Paul, he said, I'm proof, public sinner, number one. You know, I love that. He wasn't, he wasn't pointing at anyone else. He's saying, I, I'm, I'm the best example there is of, of, of being a sinner and being a person that needs God to come and intervene in my life. And that's why Jesus came to save, to save. And that word save is a very big word. It means all kinds of salvation, physical healing, emotional restoration, spiritual healing, every part you can possibly imagine, financial healing. He came to save our lives. As, as bad as we have been, He came to save us. So God makes people holy and whole because, friends, He does it. Why does God even? He does it because He is holy and whole. God is the most holy person there is and the most whole person there is. And He wants to make us holy and whole. There is no one like God. I've got this other scripture in Psalm 113. It says, who can be compared with the Lord, our God? Who is enthroned on high? He stoops to look down on heaven on, on earth, and he lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. God is amazing. God is awesome. He is phenomenal. He is in heaven. His, his name is exalted. There is no one like him. Who can be compared to him? And, and here's, the, here's the incredible thing. He made us to be like him. God made us to share His glory and to share His majesty. I wish we had time to talk about that a, a little bit more today, but it's not where we're going. But, um, you know, so, so how, how's that ever going to happen? The only way it's going to happen is if He restores the brokenness and the wounding in our lives so that we can carry and contain something of His glory, something of who He is. He wants to make us like himself. You know, holy and whole are two sides of the same coin. Uh, they, they think they really go together. In fact, the kind of wholeness that God wants to bring into our lives only really works when God's holiness starts to, to show in our lives, starts to be, uh, become uh, visible and evident in our lives. That wholeness flows out of his holiness. And the kind of holiness that God wants to give you requires us to have a certain wholeness. Those, those two things go together. You can't actually separate them. They're, they're really inseparable from each other. And what I want to share with you as we come to a close this morning is that in 1 Thessalonians 5, the scripture that we started off with, there's a, there's a very special word that uh, 
It's amazing because it doesn't appear anywhere else in the, in the Bible, nowhere else in the New Testament, and it almost doesn't appear anywhere else in classical Greek. This is written in the Greek language, right? So it doesn't appear almost anywhere else in Greek. It's like the Apostle Paul who wrote this almost had to invent this word. It's, it's, a, it's a unique word. Now, and this is a different translation. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify or make you holy entirely, entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus. So he wants to not only make you holy and whole, but he wants to do it so comprehensively and fully that it's, it's beyond our understanding. Let's look at that word. That word entirely is from, it's, it's, it's made up of two parts in the original language. Okay, So the first part is just the word whole. And the second part is uh, like telos, which is like, it means the end game. It's, it's where we get our English word telephone and um, telescope from. And it's, it's all about distance. We, you talk to someone at a distance on the phone, right? People don't use those kind of phones anymore like this. <laughs> there are some people still, there are people who still, maybe they have, maybe have one of these ones, I don't know. But um, <laughs> telephone, like mobile phone, right? But telephone, it's talking to someone at a distance. And a telescope is a real thing. It's looking at something at a distance. What it's really saying is, this word is saying here that God wants to, to make you holy and whole so comprehensively that he's got the end game in mind. He's looking down the track at how he wants to make you. It's the end goal of completely being made holy. That's what God has in mind for you. It's not just about today, what, what's happening in your life today. He's looking at the end goal, how he wants to make you. And I think that's special for us today because he's got a great future in mind for you. He's got great things in store for you that he wants to do in your life. I wonder can our creative team come back right now. Because friends, there's parts for all of us here, parts of our life that are not holy or whole just yet. And I just want to encourage you this morning to let God start to work within you. Let him begin to work within you. Does that mean that um, when that happens, you'll be made perfect? No, no, not, not, not perfect necessarily still god is still working in us he's still working to transform our lives but we can make, be made complete in him it doesn't mean the grace of god is at work within you and those broken parts and those parts that are out of joint those disjointed parts he's working in our life even sometimes like those dirty dishes i mentioned before some unclean parts of our life you know he's working to restore and make clean. Maybe rebellious parts, parts of our life where we've said, and maybe you've said, no one's ever going to tell me what to do. Some of those things we've got to surrender to Him. Maybe He's saying that to you in your heart right now. Will you give that up? Will you give that up so I can start to work in your life? Will you surrender those parts to me so I can start to work within you this morning? that you can be healed and made whole. All the parts brought together in His wholeness, in His completeness, in Him today. And maybe you've struggled here this morning to commit yourself. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's something you've really had a problem with in the past. 
to, to commit yourself. You know what, what I've discovered in life, friends? That you can't give yourself wholeheartedly to anything unless you're made whole on the inside yourself. If the parts of your life are fragmented and you're like that jigsaw puzzle with a bit scattered here and there and all around the place, it's very hard to commit yourself. And I tell you what, when it comes to being married, this makes a very big difference. This is a big deal because you've got to commit yourself wholeheartedly to the other person. And he wants to bring the pieces of your life together so that you can be committed to him for a start, firstly. And there are other areas of commitment in our life that we need to have. I wonder can we stand in the presence of God this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, I know, Holy Spirit, I know that you are at work in our hearts today. You're just, just touching individual parts of people's lives here this morning. And I pray, Lord God, today that uh, before we leave this place this morning, we can surrender, we can come to you and allow you to touch at a deeper level because of surrendering to you, surrendering that part to you and saying, Holy Spirit, come and touch my life. We're just going to sing this song again, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And that's, friend, that's what he wants to do. He wants to touch those deepest parts of your life this morning and bring wholeness and holiness and restoration into your heart today. Can we, can we begin to sing this, the Lord bless you and keep you. And as we sing, as we sing this, if God is doing something in your heart today, why don't you just say, yeah, that's me. And maybe just come and stand at the front because I want to pray with you. And there's others here that can pray with you this morning. We're going to believe for God to touch you and do something supernatural in your life, something that, that you can't do, something that only the Holy Spirit can do. Mm-hmm.